for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. All right, are you ready to go? All right, take your Bibles tonight, go to Proverbs chapter 6. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you once again for your word tonight. I thank you, Father, for opening our eyes to your understanding of your word and of your thought life and of your will. Father, we want to take advantage of everything that Jesus provided for us on the cross, every benefit, every gift that he provided. We thank you, Father, for the word of God that brings us faith. Faith brings us revelation and causes us to live in what you want us to live in. Father, I thank you tonight for your spirit. I thank you for the anointing on the preaching tonight and on everybody's hearts that they would open up, receive tonight, and have fast growth in the Word of God. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay, Proverbs chapter 6, we've been talking about, first of all, we talked about you have to know that healing is God's will, and it's God's will at all times. No matter what you've heard, no matter what, God is no respecter of persons. God's will is that you live in divine health. Once you know that, and then you need to get in the Word of God, say the Word of God. The Word of God basically will bring you faith and show you several scriptures, several witnesses to teach you about the Word of God and how to live in the Word of God and how to manifest it in your life. And one week we talked about faith. Say faith. Faith. As you listen to the Word of God, faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. And when faith comes and hits your heart, it'll cause you to act on what you believe and what you know. Once action gets into place and faith is released and the power of God will be released in your life to manifest the promise that you are trying to receive. All right, Proverbs chapter 6, look at verse 2. It says, Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Hallelujah. When you say you can't do it, the moment that you say it, you are defeated. When you said you did not have faith, that moment doubt rose up like a giant on the inside of you to bind you. Perhaps you never realized to a great extent that you are ruled by the words that come out of your mouth. You have authority. Say, I have authority. How many know that authority is released in words? Now, not just when you're in a situation and all at once you want to speak something in line with God's word because you're in a state of panic, but 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the words that come out of your mouth are important to you. If you talk failure, failure will hold you into bondage. If you talk fear, fear will increase its grip on your heart. Here it says you are snared with the words of your mouth. Another translation said you are taken captive with the words of your mouth. Few Christians and people who are born again have recognized the importance of their words and the the place that they hold in your daily life. Our words form our confession, basically what we believe and what we do not believe. The word confession is almost always associated with confessing sin, confessing weakness, confessing failure, but this is only the negative side of the word. The negative confession of your sin was only to open the way to a positive confession to come out of your mouth through the word of God. Nothing in your walk as a believer is more important than the words that you speak out your mouth. Say that again. Okay, I will. Nothing in your walk as a believer is more important than the words that daily come out of your mouth or out of your confession. Christianity in the Bible is called the great confession. Confession means saying the same thing. It means saying what God says. Confession, Bible confession is saying the same thing. It means saying what God says. It means to agree with God in your testimony. To say what God says in his word about sin, sickness, health, salvation, victories, or anything else in your life is a confession of faith. 
Here it says you are taken captive by your words. So if you're taken captive by your words, how many of you know you can be set free by your by your words, praise God. So the words that come out of your mouth are very important. A lot of people give the devil the credit when you're the one who bound yourself. Oh, that devil got me again. No, you got me again because the words coming out of your mouth bound you, bless God, and are holding you in bondage. All right, go to Psalm 103. All right, Psalm 103, look at verse 2. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Two of the benefits are he forgives all thine iniquities, and he heals how many? All of your diseases. So we have this scripture here, and as sickness is pressing to overflow and take over your health, when symptoms of some sickness or disease are beginning to appear, Satan is desiring to destroy your health. He's basically coming to render your Christian life ineffective. He's coming to fill you with fear. But God has made provisions for your health. He has made a covenant of healing with every single born-again person. He has promised he will heal how many of your diseases? All your diseases. He has promised, I am the Lord that heals you. God's word says, by his stripes ye were healed. Now, knowing all these promises basically is a basis for your faith. It is the rock that's talked about that when the storms come, will stand firm. You know that Satan cannot lay a disease on your body simply because Christ has already borne your sicknesses and he already bore your diseases. So you resist Satan and his lying symptoms of the disease. You do not fear them. You know that your redemption is a fact, just not on a piece of paper. You boldly and firmly rebuke Satan, your adversary, with the word of God. You take a stand and you stay free because you know what God has said in his word. Say, my days of sickness are over forever. Okay, go to 1 Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4, look at verse 11. It says, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God gives, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 11 again, If any man speak, how many know every man is going to speak? So if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles or in line with the word of God. In other words, if you're going to speak, speak in line with the word of God. What does that do? It puts you in a place that if you're going to minister, you're going to minister then with the ability of God. Why? Because the word of God is in your mouth at all times. So confession basically, once again, is saying what God says. It is talking the language of heaven, the language of the Bible at all times. It is claiming your rights and confessing God's word and those rights. It is resisting Satan with what the Lord has already said in his word. If you're going to speak, which we are, we need to speak as the oracles of God. We need to speak in line with what God says. 
Now, this sounds easy to do, but it's not. It's easy to do it in church on Sunday morning. It's easy to do after Wednesday night service. But on a daily basis, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even when you're by yourself, sometimes you're talking to yourself. And sometimes what comes out of your mouth isn't good for you to even hear, much less anybody else. So basically, if you don't look very good, a friend may come to you during your trial of faith and say, you better be careful. I know a person who died of this sickness a long time ago. You better be quick and go for help and get in bed. But what do you do? You simply speak God's language. You use His words in your lips. You boldly confess, by His stripes I was healed. Under all circumstances, at all times, you speak God's language. You harmonize your language with your thoughts and His thoughts. A friend or a loved one comes under attack. In Jesus' name, you order Satan to release his hold on your relation, on your friend. You calmly order that loved one to arise and be made whole. The sick one is healed because you're on the word of God and using the name of Jesus. What makes a difference in your life? Number one, you need to know your position, and you need to know your authority, and you need to know your rights. So you need to know your position. Where is your position? You have been raised and seated far above all principality and power. Hallelujah. You must know your authority. God has given you authority, and that authority is resident in the Word of God and in the name of Jesus. Then you also must know your rights. If you don't know your rights, you'll never contend for your rights. You'll never fight for your rights. If you don't know healing actually belongs to you, you'll just fold every time a symptom hits your body. Once you know it belongs to you, you will fight to keep what rightfully belongs to you through the Word of God. Satan will honor your command as long as you know who you are, your position, your authority, and you know that it is a right for you to live in divine health. Disease and sickness and weakness and failure can no longer rule over you. Old sin and habits can no longer control your life. You are redeemed, you are saved, and the days of sickness are over for you forever. Now, how do I know where I'm at with the Word of God and sickness and healing, basically? It's got to do a lot of times with the fear level of your life. In other words, if somebody walks into church on Sunday morning and they say that they've been sick and they're hacking around or whatever, and basically you run for the bathroom and close the door and hide the best that you can, it obviously shows that sickness and disease still has an effect on your life. If you come to a place, I remember when we used to be at the old prayer meeting, I teach this stuff, and my God, I mean, they'd come in and say the same words that they were saying the week before, the same pains they had the week before, the same problems they had the week before, everything that was going on. So if they were sick and would come up and say, I've been sick all week, the first thing I would do is run up and give them a big hug. And of course, they're pushing you away. Stay away from me. Stay away from me. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. Well, I didn't feel like I was going to get it because I wasn't afraid of sickness and disease. I knew my position. I knew the name of Jesus. And I knew that I had authority over those things in my life. But sickness drives fear into the hearts of everyone. You know when a symptom hits your body and you wake up in the morning not feeling very well, all those thoughts, here they come. All over the, oh, this is just a start. Oh, you think you're sick now? Wait till noon. My gosh, it's going to get worse and worse. You just got a headache? Wait, your throat's going to hurt next. You're going to be stuffed up by 1 o'clock. All these things are coming. That's the time, the immediate time at the beginning. You better know who you are and what's going on in your life. You simply say, sorry, devil, by his stripes I've been healed, and my days of sickness and disease are over forever. Hallelujah. And you just go on with your day. All right, go to 2 Timothy chapter 1.
There are times for you to overcome fear too, and the best time to overcome fear is when you have fear come up in you and just do whatever that fear is keeping you to do. If it's holding you back from doing something, bless God, you do it right in the face of fear every single time. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 1, look at verse 7. It says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, with this scripture, you can face life fearlessly. Why? You know that God's not the one putting fear on you. It's coming from the enemy. You can face bills that you cannot pay without being in fear. You can face enemies that you have no ability really to conquer. You are not afraid of circumstances because basically he greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So you have no fear because God is on your side. This is your confession. This is where you stay. This is what you talk. You are to confess that you are redeemed, and your redemption is a fact. Notice, redemption is not a promise. Redemption is a fact. Redemption isn't something in the future. Jesus already provided your redemption, so it is a fact in your life. You are delivered out of the dominion and authority of Satan, so you talk that. You speak that. You tell your friends that you're free from sickness and disease. You tell your enemies that you're free from sickness and disease. You tell everybody that you have been delivered, praise God, by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God. You confess that you are a new creature. You now have a divine nature, and fear is not part of my divine nature. You confess that sickness, disease, fear, and failure are things of the past in your life. They're no longer part of you. You are no longer helping now the spirit of fear in your life. The spirit of fear wants to pressure you into talking or saying something in line with fear and sickness disease. It will put pressure on you. You have to dare to stand in the presence of human evidence which contradicts God's word. You commonly declare that the word of God is the truth and you believe the word of God. Most of the time, physical evidence declares you to be sick with an incurable disease. You boldly confess that God laid that disease on Jesus Christ. He bore it for you, so Satan has no right to put it on you. You believe that by his stripes ye were healed. You firmly hold fast your confession in the face of contradicting evidence, which says that that is not true. Your confession of God's word wins every single time, and you live in divine health. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 3. If you're going to be an a ambassador for the kingdom of God, you're going to be an ambassador of the word of God, you've got to come to a place in your own life where these things that are an issue in your life, you've got to get through those issues. There's many times that I've gone to the hospital and went to see somebody, and when I went to see them, they were quarantined. In other words, you're not allowed in there because everybody's going to get sick, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And basically, I knock at the door and walk in anyway. The nurse comes and has a spaz attack because I'm in there. But basically, I just tell her, you know, it's no problem. Praise God. I've been healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm not going to catch anything off the person who's in here. Don't freak out about it. Everything's going to be fine. She says, you need a gown. I said, I don't look good in a gown. Praise God. It doesn't really look very good. Hallelujah. But, you know, I don't want to give the devil any opportunity at all. So I'm not going to put on a gown, 14 masks, you know, walk in and shoot things and all this stuff simply because I don't want the devil to think that I'm afraid of his sickness and afraid of his disease. So I simply go in, I minister to the person, I walk back out, don't give it a second thought and do that. But you, you've got to come to a place where you believe that for yourself. Because if you don't, you'll say, well, I've heard Pastor Tom do that, and I'm going to go in there and do it. And then you're going to do it, and you're going to walk out and say, oh, my God, I'm probably going to die now. Why did I do that? And all the way home, you're going to be nervous. You're going to be freaking out because you did that, and I should have put on two masks, and I should have. 
This is a growing thing. The Word of God is planted, and it grows on the inside of you. The more you stay in the Word of God, the more faith comes. The more faith comes, the more reality, and you act and believe the Word of God. Most Christians get hot about the Word of God for two weeks, and then put the Bible away for two weeks, and then try to get hot again. It doesn't work that way. You've got to plant water so every single day, praise God, you're putting it on the inside. It takes time to renew your mind. When you got born again, your mind was messed up. I mean, if you could go back just one day and think like you did the day you got born again, you'd wonder who, who that person was and how dumb they were. You just wouldn't be able to believe the way the Word of God has changed your way of thinking and changed the way that you see things now. All right, Hebrews chapter 3, look at verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, say, that's me, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of your profession or confession, Christ Jesus. Now here it tells you that Christ Jesus is the apostle of basically your confession. Say he's the apostle, the one that ministers into effect my confession. Now notice he is not the high priest and apostle of healing. He's not the high priest and apostle of finances. He's not the high priest and apostle of salvation. He is the high priest and apostle of what? Your confession. So if you want him active for you, you have to line your confession up with what you want him to do, not what you don't want him to do. So in times of sickness, we boldly confess his promises. When we confess his words, our high priest Jesus Christ goes to work on our behalf according to the confession of his word out our mouth. He intercedes on our behalf to our Father for the benefits of the promises which we confess. He is the high priest of our confession. Now, how many of you know when attack comes in your life and you boldly speak the word of God? Sometimes whatever is attacking you doesn't run off right away. Sometimes it sticketh around for a while. Well, what do you need to do? We'll go up to Hebrews chapter 10. Look at verse 23. It tells us to let us hold fast to the profession or the confession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promise so once I once I put that out there by his stripes I've been healed and I'm just still doing that well by his stripes I've been by his stripes I've been healed the devil saying you ain't healed you're getting sick and you ain't healed but I'm gonna hold fast to that confession because with faith and patience everybody loves that word with faith and patience, we inherit the promises. So what am I going to do? I'm going to release it, and I'm going to stay right there. If somebody comes up and says, how are you feeling today? By his stripes, praise God, I have been healed. Well, you don't look very good. Well, don't, it's not having faith in how I look, praise God. I'm having faith in what Jesus did for me on the cross. I'm holding fast. I'm holding fast. When you first start doing this stuff, it may take a while before you get the manifestation as long as you hold fast on it, but it'll come quicker and quicker. Something about getting a breakthrough if you want to call it that, or an experience makes it easier the next time to do it. You know, if you resist it and you're waiting a week and you're feeling terrible, then all at once, bang, there it goes because you stayed on the confession of faith. The next time it may be three days. The next time it may be one day. Next time it may run away right away. When you're praying for other people in the hospital and you release your faith, if they don't jump out of bed, do a somersault, and run out the front, continue what you prayed. Do you understand? Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I don't care if they got up out of bed. I don't care if they didn't get out of bed. I don't care if they look any different. Why? Because I did exactly what the word told me to do. Lay hands on the sick and they shall what? Recover. So you leave and somebody calls and says, you know that person you prayed for, they're not doing any better. I don't care because I laid hands on the sick and in my heart they shall. Now if you can get some people in line with you, it really helps.
But if you get everybody against you, it makes it a lot tougher, praise God. So notice, he is the high priest. You need to hold fast to the confession of your faith without wavering. A wrong confession is a confession of defeat. It's a confession of failure. And it is the rule of Satan in your life. Talking about your combat with the devil, how he's attacking you, how he's hindering you, how he's holding you in bondage, how he's keeping you back is a confession of defeat. It is a wrong confession. Why? Because it glorifies the devil. Oh, the devil's been beating me up lately. But who does that glorify? It certainly don't glorify God, does it? But by his stripes I've been healed. How many know that glorifies God? So we want to watch our confession. Sometimes we think the confession coming out of our mouth is good, and it's not. It's a wrong confession. Basically, it will sap the life out of the inside of you. It will destroy your own faith, and it will keep you in bondage. The confession of Satan's ability to hinder you, to make you sick, will fill you with fear in your life. Every time you confess your doubts, every time you confess your fears, every time you confess sickness and pain, your faith in Satan, you will deny the ability and the grace of God in your life. Whenever you confess anything that contradicts the work of God, you confess that God's word is not true and that God has failed to make that word good in your life. Hallelujah. His attitude from his word is to be developed into your life until Satan cannot prevail against you anymore. In other words, you're going to not only speak the words of God, you're going to think the words of God, you're going to think the thoughts of God, you're going to think in line of God. Basically in John it says something about the word abiding in you and you abiding in the word. What happened? I've taken the word and I've taken the word and now it's grown up on the inside of me and it's produced fruit in my life. And the fruit that you produce in your life does not come out on a tree someplace. The fruit comes out of your mouth. That's where spiritual fruit comes from. Well, I don't feel very good. It's just, I just don't know what's wrong. I'm probably going to go to the doctor. It's going to get worse and worse. But I'm believing God. No, you're not. You're not believing anybody but the devil at that point. It's not going to do you any good. Hallelujah. So we want to watch what we say. Sometimes you just need to go to a room, close the door, keep your mouth shut, and get in the Word of God. Praise God. So God wants to become part of your life. You have the nature on the inside. He wants to become part of His thinking. God's Word controls your prayers. It should control your words. It should control your thoughts and your actions. Some people pray and then go right out and, and deny the prayer they just prayed by the way they talked to begin with. Hallelujah. Well, we're just praying for Brother Joe. We thank you that he's healed. And you go out and somebody says, have you heard about Brother Joe? Oh, yeah, he's not going to make it. That's for sure. <laughs> Brother Joe's just not going to get it. But boy, in the prayer closet, he's going to be healed. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, in front of everybody else. But then you go out and you destroy it totally. Why? Because you didn't really want to believe it. You just had a religious prayer to throw out there to make everybody think you were very holy and righteous. And you had the power of God on the inside of you, see? This is a lifestyle. We keep, I keep trying to tell everybody this. This is a lifestyle. This is not a trial and error. This is not a, a once a week thing. This is a lifestyle 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just take time sometime and in the morning just ask the Holy Ghost that any word that comes out of your mouth that's not lined up, convict me right away. And I'll tell you what, it'll be a tough day for you before it's over with. Because many of the things that come out of our mouth are not helping us whatsoever, praise God. You cannot confess or witness of things that you do not know. So if I don't know healing belongs to me, I'm not going to confess that healing belongs to me. If I don't know he's going to meet my needs according to his riches and glory, I'm going to panic and I've got no word to help me in that situation. The more scriptures you know about something, the more proofs you've got, the stronger you will be when the time comes in your life. You've got all those evidences in your life. So confession basically is repeating with your lips from your heart the things that God has said in his word. 
Your confession is affirming what you really believe. People say, well, what do they believe? Just talk to them a little bit. You'll know exactly what they believe. Go to Colossians chapter 2. All right, Colossians chapter 2, look at verse 15. Talking about Jesus, it says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. This is talking about Jesus' victory over who? Over the devil, praise God. To simply admire the promises in the Bible and say that you believe them is not enough. If you refuse or neglect to confess them boldly and to act upon them, it will rob you of faith when you need it the most. Here it says Satan has been spoiled, spoiled principalities and powers. How many know that means he has been defeated? To know that Satan was defeated and spoiled by your substitute and that his defeat is eternal makes your redemption a blessed fact and a reality in your life. The defeat was credited to your account, so you are a master of Satan. You are a devil's master. Say, I am a devil's master. Say, I am really... A devil's master. Now when you start to believe that, the devil won't scare you anymore. He won't bother you that much anymore. You won't have to deal with him anymore. You'll just simply brush him off like a gnat that comes around bothering you. And you'll continue to move on with the things of God. When your heart knows this, as well as you know that two plus two are four, then dominating faith will lead to a confession of authority and power in your life. Faith will become as natural to you as fear was before you were born again. How many of you know you had no problem talking fear before you were born again? And probably after you were born again, you had no problem talking fear. Or now we're trying to make an adjustment. We're trying to change what comes out of your mouth. You know that God himself puts Satan and all his kingdom beneath your feet. You are considered by the Father and by Satan as a victor. You have been liberated from the kingdom of darkness. Your language becomes that of a super person. You talk like someone of another race or of another kingdom. Basically, you have now become a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a peculiar person. And I'm not even talking about not sinners. When you talk in line with the Word of God all the time, you're going to become peculiar to most saints. Because most saints aren't talking that. Most saints are talking their worries, their pains, their fears, and then pray for me, you know, they come out with. But notice that they're hurting themselves. I'll tell you. One of the worst things you can do is go through all your symptoms on Facebook, then tell everybody to pray for you. Now you've got your 96,000 friends talking about your symptoms rather than speaking any faith over you, and the devil's already got you on the side. He doesn't need the rest of the army that you know. Are you following me? It makes a difference what you put out there because people read that stuff and gossip. Boy, it takes off. Did you read on Facebook what happened to Brother Joe? It says that he's got this and got that, and he's not going to make it. It's really tough, but, but we're all going to pray for him because that's what the Word said. We've already killed him. See what I mean? You've got to be careful. You've got to watch what you're doing. You don't want to aid the devil, even in somebody else's life either. You don't want to bring fear in somebody else's life. You want to bring them up to a new level and set them free in every single area of their life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5.
People say, I feel like I'm catching a cold. Tell them to catch healing. <laughs> it's out there too. They're both out there. Catch one of them. Catch the one you want, for goodness sakes. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse 17. Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of who? God. Of God. Hallelujah. Now, if the church would just get a revelation of this one scripture here and understand that they have had a nature change when they got born again, it was not only a forgiveness of your sins, but it was a change of the nature on the inside of you. At that time, you became a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. You would then start to rise to the place of who you really were. You will talk the language of God and what God desires of people to talk. How few Christians dare to confess boldly even that they are a new creation, much less any healing that goes forth. Many don't even know that they're a new creation in Christ Jesus. They just know that they've been forgiven sins and there's a sinner saved by grace. So all this revelation that comes from the Word of God tells you, you are a brand new species of being that never existed before. You have been created in Christ Jesus. Notice what it says, the old things have passed away. Hallelujah. Say passed away. That means fear that used to dominate you have passed away. Worry that used to dominate your life have passed away. Sickness has passed away. Disease has passed away. Lack has passed away. Victim has passed away. All those things have passed away. God doesn't make victims. He makes brand new creations who are victors in everything, praise God. And you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're not just a forgiven sinner. You're not poor. You're not weak. You're not a staggering church member. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus right now. Say right now. Many people try to become a brand new creation by cleaning their act up. No, you are a new creation, and by believing that, you clean your act up. You can't clean your own act up. You tried it, didn't work, so just believe you are a new creation. Hallelujah, in Christ Jesus. So we are a new creation right now. Say right now. Right. On the inside of you is the life of God. On the inside of you tonight is the nature of God. How many know God's not sick? The ability of God is on the inside of you. The old things you used to have have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So I want to confess that. I want to believe that. It means me. Sin and sickness and disease and failure and fear have passed away. So if I go to the mirror in the morning, I'm going to say, praise God, you look good. I'm a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Thank God old things have passed away and all things have become new. You are a mighty man of God. Did you know that in there? Praise God, you are full of the Spirit. My God, are you anointed. I've never seen anybody quite as anointed as you are in the power of God. It's so good to be healed, isn't it? It is. You're shaking your head yes to it. It is, isn't it? It's good. What am I doing? I'm building on the inside of me what's already. It's better than going to the mirror and going, oh, here we go again. I'm never going to make it through today. Should I call it sick or should I call it sick? That's not going to help you. It's the confession that comes out of your mouth. And I'll tell you what, you will believe you more than you believe anybody else. So if you can't even promote yourself, don't expect somebody else to come along and edify you before yourself. I'm a failure, and some people do it for sympathy. I'm just a failure. No, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. Because you want to hear them say, no, you're not. Yes, I'm a terrible failure. No, you're not. Don't do that. That doesn't help, see? That makes you feel good, maybe, and get somebody else involved. But you don't need to do that kind of stuff, praise God. You need to speak the word of God at all times. Confess the word. All right, go to Colossians chapter 1.
Remember, I was preaching one time. We were in the old building yet. I was preaching. Man, I had a revelation of the righteousness of God. I, I went through a Bible course up in from Pensacola, and I was graduating with my second associate's degree, and I was there, and I was talking about being righteous. You're the righteousness of God. Praise God. When you got born again, you were righteous. Somebody stood up in the middle of the, the, middle of the service and said, pride comes before the fall. Now, how many know he had no revelation whatsoever of simply being born again? He was still a sinner. He was still weak. He was still no good. He was, pride goes before a fall. I thought, dear Lord, talk about pride. Come on, pride is not believing God. If you believe God, you ain't going to be in any pride. I'll tell you that right now because God knows what he's doing. Pride is believing that you know more than God about yourself, so you're confessing things about yourself that aren't there. Praise God. I'll never forget that. I thought, my gosh. Hallelujah. All right, Colossians chapter 1. glory. I remember that day. You remember those days. All right, Colossians chapter 1, look at verse 13. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness, and he has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. This tells you here that when you got born again, Satan's dominion over you ended. Jesus' dominion began in your life. Satan's dominion was broken over your life the very moment that you were born again. You received a new Lord by the name of Jesus Christ, and now he reigns over your life. You see yourself now as a believer in the midst of a loved one who comes under attack. You know that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You know that you are a believer. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name I lay hands on the sick and they... I cast out devils. I speak with other tongues. I can drink poisonous stuff and it will not bother me. You are bold. You are a master. Why? Because you know who you are. You boldly confess greater is he that is in me than this disease that is stealing my loved one. You command that disease to leave in the name of Jesus. God declares that with his stripes you were healed, and he's healed how many of your diseases? All your diseases. Confession agrees with what God has already said. As long as you hold fast to the confession of sickness and disease and pain and trouble, you will still have them. You may search for years for someone to pray for you, but it won't work and go of no avail anyway as long as you're walking in doubt, unbelief, and fortifying the sickness in your life. Your unbelief will destroy the effects of your faith. As long as you confess sin and weakness and failure, you build defeat into your system. To live in divine health, you must read the Word. You need to talk the Word. You need to confess the Word. You need to act on the Word until the Word becomes part of the inside of you, till it becomes natural to speak in line with God's Word in your life. The Word will simply come out of your mouth because you have put the Word in. What you put in will come out. Say, what I put in will come out. That means you put in a soap opera, it will come out at the time. If you just do nothing but watch the news, God forbid what's coming out of your mouth right now, praise God. Because it's not going to help you, but it can be abundant in your heart. All right, go to Matthew chapter 12.
All right, Matthew chapter 12, look at verse 36. Jesus is speaking. He says, but I say unto you, say, that's me, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Hallelujah. People often say that talk is cheap. Many spend their time in idle talk, talking about nothing. A large, large amount of talking is done by people who should be listening. Marvelous victories have been won and then lost through unnecessary words that came out of someone's mouth. Jesus calls them idle words. Say idle words. Idle words are unproductive words that come out of your mouth. Every one of which it says, we shall give account thereof. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. So notice, if you're living in condemnation, why? Because you've talked yourself into condemnation. If you're living justified and righteous, why is that? Because you've talked your way into a righteous lifestyle that you already have. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. So your mouth, once again, is controlling a large portion of your life. The first scripture we read, you are snared by the words of your mouth. All right, go to James chapter 1. All right, James chapter 1, look at verse 19. James says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to, slow to, and slow to become angry. Now notice, this is good advice. My beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Most people are swift to speak and slow to listen. The problem is if you talk all the time, you will never learn anything because everything that you're saying you already know and you're doing all the talking. The way that you learn something is by listening. So James says the tongue, and later on if you read James, is an unruly evil in your mouth. Basically he gives us good advice. Be swift to hear, slow to speak. Many fail to receive what they pray for because they fail to understand how important their daily confession is regarding the thing that they're believing for or praying for. Someone who has been healed by the power of God finds their aches and pains back and sometimes the disease itself returns to their body. They wonder why. The symptom gets back into their mouth. This used to happen quite a bit when we prayed for people at the prayer meeting. There was a lot of people there who would get healed. But once they'd get healed and feel better, they would go home and all at once the symptom would come back. And the next week they would come back talking about all their pains and all their problems again. So I'd pray for them again and they would get healed. And they'd leave and they'd go back. And pretty soon the next week they'd come back a week later and they were the same way they were. So finally I had to teach on holding on to your healing that you get by the confession of your mouth. Satan's going to come back a second time. How many of you know that? He's going to do that. Just because you got it one time and got yourself a miracle all at once, that's not going to end the story. He's not going to say, oh, I blew it. That's it. He's got all eternity, man. He's got nothing to do but float around and try to cause problems in your life. Praise God. So once you get healed, that's why your healing must be based on the word that I'm teaching, not on how you feel or how you look. 
Because if it's based on how you feel, when you don't feel good, you're going to lose your healing because it was based on feeling. But if it's based on the Word of God, and I got healed, praise God, because by His stripes I've been healed, even if the symptom comes back, my basis is by His stripes I've been healed, not how I feel or how I don't feel. That's why when somebody prays for you and you don't even feel better when they pray for you, you can still go away claiming healing because they laid hands on you and you are healed whether you feel better or not. Why? Because you're going to believe the Word and not the feeling. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. So what am I going to do? I'm going to base everything I do on the Word of God, whether I feel any better or don't. What I'm going to do with the Word says. The Word says, financial-wise, I'm going to stay on the Word of God. I'm going to stay what God says. That way I cannot be moved off of that by feeling or whatever is going on in my life. I am stable. Say stable. stable. Oh, for some stable Christians. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, please, Lord Jesus. You've got to learn to be stable. And the only way you're going to do that is on the Word of God. It's not going to be on how you feel or whatever else. You've got to know what the Word says. And you've got to stand on that Word of God because that's the only thing that's going to last through all of time, praise God. It's always going to be there. So most of the time somebody gets healed, they go away. What do they do? Idle talk right away. Well, I thought I got healed. I thought that guy had an anointing. But apparently he didn't because I don't feel any better at all. Well, here we go. So I'll go back next week and I'll get prayed for again. And that's fine, you know. And it's fine for a baby Christian. How many know baby Christians need to be prayed for? Yeah. A lot. Hallelujah. Glory to God. They need their diaper changed quite a bit. But we're growing into a place where we're going to stand on the Word of God ourselves, praise God. And we're going to be slow to talk. Slow to talk. Say slow to talk. All right, go to Matthew chapter 12. Bible also says in James that your tongue is the rudder of your ship. Yeah. Whatever direction you want to go, your tongue's taking you there. Praise God. He's taking you to healing land or taking you to the sick land. Taking you to abundance or taking you to lack. Taking you to joy or taking you to depression. Whatever your tongue goes, praise God. That's the way you go. Glory to God. All right, Matthew chapter 12. Follow your tongue. Uh, Matthew 12. All right, Matthew chapter 12, look at verse 34. It says, O generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of your heart your mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. But an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. Hallelujah. Once again, faith always talks about the word of God, talks in line with the word of God. When you confess sickness, it is because you believe in sickness more than you believe in healing that was provided. You confess with your lips what you believe in your heart. Notice, out of the abundance of your heart. Well, who put the stuff in your heart to begin with? You did. So out of the abundance of whatever you put in your heart, the mouth will speak. The Bible says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto 
salvation. So now we're going back even further, aren't we? It's not only what you speak, it's what's in your heart, which means what are you taking in every single day? The Word of God, once again, is the most important thing you will ever own or ever have. The more you put in your heart, the more will come out your mouth, the more fruit you will have in the kingdom of God, and you'll know their disciples because of their fruit, praise God. So what is it? It's a change. I'm getting in the Word of God. I'm talking the Word of God. I'm driving down the road. I'm talking to Him. Thank God that I'm healed today. It's so good to be divine. Thank God I haven't been to the doctor in 15 years, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God I haven't been sick in 20 years. Thank God that I haven't any symptoms. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm doing that. I'm not thinking about, I haven't been sick in a long time. Pretty soon I'm going to have to get sick just to make everybody happy. And you run into people and say, when's the last time I've been sick? A long time ago. Never, can't remember the time I got sick. And they'll say, well, everybody's going to get sick sometime. You'll say, well, everybody don't have to get sick sometime, according to the Bible, praise God. But that's the thing, isn't it? Oh, you got to get sick sometime. Oh, everybody gets sick sometime. Everybody sins sometime. Well, the Bible says sin shall not have dominion. So you can either believe God or you can believe that. Now, if I believe that everybody's got to sin sometime, guess what? Oh, yeah, I'm not going to have any problems sinning, praise God. And if I believe everybody's got to get sick sometime, you know what? I'll be getting sick sometime. I told you. I prophesied it. Praise God, I told you. Hallelujah, came right out of my mouth. Glory to God. All right, Proverbs chapter 13. I told my wife today that I've been waking up with fire in my bones every morning so far, so I think, I'm think, I think, thinking, thinking. <laughs> Proverbs 13, look at verse 3. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his, but he that opens wide his lips shall have what? destruction. He that keeps his mouth keeps his life. Christians often pray according to the scriptures, but when some symptom appears, they disregard the word of God and go with the pain or the symptom. They confess their sickness, canceling their prayers and their beliefs and its effects. If disease threatens your body, do not confess it. Confess the word. With his stripes, I am healed. Say what God says. Confess the word of God. Disease gains the upper hand when you agree with the testimony of your natural senses. Your five senses have no place in the realm of God or in the realm of faith. Confessing pain and aches and diseases is like signing for a package that the post office has delivered. Satan then has the receipt, your confession, from you, showing that you have accepted his package of sickness and disease. Do not accept anything sent by the devil. Even though your five senses may testify that it has come to you, refuse to confess in line with your feeling. Look immediately to the Word of God. Remember that you were healed 2,000 years ago. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 4. Say, my days of sickness, they're over forever. Ephesians. They're close together. (laughs) 
All right, Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 27. It tells you to neither give place to who? The devil. Now, how many know that's talking to you? How many know that you can go through life not giving place to the devil, or God would never command you to do something that you couldn't do? So basically he's saying, neither give any place to the devil. Your sickness, we found out, and disease come from the devil. He is your adversary. When you tell people your troubles, you are giving testimony to Satan's ability to get you into trouble. When you talk about sickness and disease, you are glorifying the adversary who had the ability to put that disease or sickness on you. You are giving place to the devil in your life. Learn to confess what God has said in his word. Learn to confess what God has done in your life. By confessing his word, you are always the victor. God knows no defeat, and neither does his word. We confess that God has taken us out of the realm of failure and put us where victory, peace, joy, and health prevail. As you boldly confess God's word, our faith becomes strong. This changes you, your ministry, and also your life. You cannot talk sickness and disease and walk in health. You cannot talk about disease and pain, complaining about your troubles, and live healed. By telling others about your trouble, your sorrows, your pains, your aches, you invite disease and deny your rights to divine health that you got when you came into the kingdom of God. You tell people your troubles many times in order to get their sympathy. Go to First John. Let's stop with that right there. I've heard people who are born-again Christians have symptom battles already. Have you ever heard somebody have a symptom battle? Well, I haven't felt very good this week. I've had a headache. You? I felt worse than that this week. I had a real headache. Let me tell you, it was terrible. Your headache? My headache almost blew my head up. Well, my headache went all the way down my spine into my leg, and bless God, I'll tell you what. Well, really? Well, then it went into my back. What about? It's like symptom wars. And all the time, they're just... Shooting that stuff out there, praise God. And I'll say, are you born again? Yes, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Said, Thank God. At least you're going to heaven soon. All right. All right, 1 John chapter 5. And then you've got to sit there with a straight face during it. And they're looking for you to jump in somewhere along the line. What are you supposed to say? First right, John chapter 5. Look at verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God... Are you born of God? Yes. Notice. For whosoever, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our... Faith. And now we know that faith, basically, we, we read the Word of God, we study the Word of God, faith gets in our heart. When faith gets in our heart, we act on what we actually believe. What does that do? It releases the power of God into our life. So it's our faith that overcomes this world. We learn to talk faith. Then we're a victor in every battle that we come to. We talk faith, we talk faith, talk always. We give up on Satan's confessions of fear and doubt. We stop talking defeat. Sicknesses of the devil, diseases of the devil, and troubles are of the devil. As long as you are praising Satan's works, you cannot expect to maintain victory in your own life. When you have faith, you no longer moan 
and groan, you praise and you rejoice. All right, go to Isaiah 53. Okay, Isaiah 53, look at verse, start in verse 3, talking about Jesus. This is a view of the cross before it happened. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. But surely, absolutely, he has borne our griefs, he has carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Here it shows you that Jesus took our place so we could have his place. People often welcome pity and sympathy when sickness comes into their life, but pity will never help you with your sickness, disease, and pains. Sympathy can never get you well. Sympathy basically is simply suffering with another. What you need is not sympathy, you need substitution. Substitution is suffering for another. Jesus did not come to be your sympathizer. He came to be your substitution. Now, how many of you know a lot of the church don't know that he didn't come to be your sympathizer? Did you ever hear somebody pray? Oh, Lord, you know how bad it hurts. It hurts so bad, Lord. And if you loved me, you'd heal me because it hurts so darn bad. It's so See, there's no faith in that. It's sympathy. Does God care? Yes, he cares. But he's a God of faith, not a God of sympathy and a God of, of feeling, basically. So that's going to work. So whenever a symptom hits your body, say, thank God you were my substitute, that you bore my sickness, carried my disease, and this symptom coming on me, praise God, you already paid for it and already bore it, and I'm not going to bear it. Why should I bear it if you already bore the thing? There's no sense bearing it because you already took it for me. You are my substitute. Say substitute. Substitute. So he came to be our substitute. Here it tells on the cross what he did. Many prayers for the sick consist of no little more than sympathy and pity that people pray for one another. They will only feed and nourish the worst enemy that you have, your sickness and disease. Our position as believers is not to sympathize with the sick and pity them because of their pains. We are to assume our authority, our name of Jesus over disease, and basically base it on Christ's substitutionary work and command pains and sickness to leave people's bodies in the name of Jesus. When our hearts fully agree with our confession, we basically honor Christ in our life. That is the end of worry. It will be the end of fear. It is overcoming the world with faith. Sickness and disease can no longer dominate us. Say, my days of sickness and disease they are over forever. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.